pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. Hi, no Anne this week. She's rung in sick. She did, didn't she? Rung she? In sick. she emailed in sick, which I'm not sure is policy, actually. I always think you have to call your line manager and explain, you know, you have to put on the voice. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'd um, love to be that. Uh, she, her email was quite informal as well, wasn't it? Very informal. She said, sorry, lads. Sorry, again, you know. It's not appropriate to the HR department, is it? I know she, she wasn't ill on holiday. Interesting. She was off seeing the Northern Lights, wasn't she? Yeah. Maybe she caught something from them. Something uh, out of this world. It's a bit Doctor Who, isn't it? Yeah, it is. How are you? Uh, I'm all right, actually. I, I, um, uh, conversely, uh, I'm, I think I'm on. I think I'm on the mend. That's great news. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not quite 100, percent but almost there. Fantastic. I've become, I've become obsessed with uh, sleep monitoring. Was I talking about this last you, week? You did tell me. Right. So that's, that's the I'm thing. I'm sure you mention it on air. No, well, because it's boring. <laughs> but um, you know. yeah, I'm getting shouted at by my watch now saying, well, you know. But what can you do about that? If it tells you, oh, you've not had enough REM sleep. It does say that. Well, 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 how do you. Well, because it gives you hints and tips. Uh, ah, well, okay. first of all, um, so it measures REM sw- uh, sleep, uh, light sleep, and deep sleep. Okay. Deep sleep's the one that you want. Right. Sometimes it goes, well, your deep sleep wasn't enough this morning. Maybe try doing this. Um, Breathing, like so, it monitors breathing. I don't know how mm-hmm. my watch monitors breathing, but it says um, your quality of breathing through the through, through the night uh, was only seventy three percent. That's harsh. Stop drinking. That's what it said. I swiped. Uh, I swiped right. Did you? <laughs> Didn't read that. Don't need you. You're not my mum. I said. Mm. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. It's been another uh, another busy week, but I've I've. I've enjoyed it. I had a good weekend. We were off in Leamington Spa for One Life Left's Marioki's 
annual gig there uh, for charity. Okay, how did that go? Just doing my bit. You're too good, you know. I know, I know, I know. Um, that, well, in fact, that annoyed me because last week they um, they announced like the hundred or the thousand movers and shakers, right? Of which some were in the games industry. Mm-hmm. You weren't in there, given everything you do. Was was I not? No. You control F. I did control F. Ridiculous. Yeah, there were some cricketers. <laughs> uh, next next year, maybe we can all get in that. Do you remember that time when we tried to work out from Charles Cecil what we needed to do to get OBEs? <laughs> Another scheme. Another scheme falls by the wayside. Didn't work out, did it? Well, it hasn't worked out yet. Fortunately, it's not just a pair of us in the studio this evening. We are joined by... Head of doing stuff at Super Rare Games, George Perkins. Hey, how's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I'm getting old, as we all know, and uh, often when I meet people, I need to sort of fill in a little story about who they, you know, like how am I going to remember their name? I was in New York uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I met a, I met someone called George. And he was a good-looking boy. And so I said to him, I said, uh, I shook his hand. I said, hello, George. And I'm Simon. I said, I remember you because uh, my friend's son uh, is called George. And he's a good-looking guy as well. <laughs> Thank you. And, that's, yes, and uh, honestly, in that evening, I was like, George, George, George. I remembered it. So it worked out very, very well for me. Is that me. a Darren Brown trick? It is. Um, <laughs> just, just assess everyone's and, looks and, and then pair I, them up. Well, exactly. And then uh, I also met a guy called Warren. Massive ears. Like... like he, <laughs> Like, like any rabbits. number of other Warrens. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't have massive ears. But uh, I did think. I was like, if I was, if I was to think of a story about you, I, I wish you had big ears. Then <laughs> you would be like rabbits. So, uh, so it's a pleasure to have you in the studio, George. Thank you. Lighting Second it time. up, bringing the average. Average looks. age. Average oh, age down. Average that was, that wasn't that wasn't an insult. Age as me you being are. young. No, you are being young. Uh, how's it going? Life's good. Can't complain. Super is good. good. It is good, isn't it? It is. Did you? Uh, you didn't listen to the show l- last week. In fact, it may not have been podcast yet. As it, I know we've been. I do know we've been lacking behind for good reason this week. Because <laughs> 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 at the end of it, I said we should get George on. I said, "Did you? I said, have you seen how much the super rare games are going on at eBay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get George on, and here you are. Here I am. So we're going to glad the eBay prices have. Uh, we're going to be able to talk about that. And all your other stuff. Definitely. Shortly. Uh, but what we don't have... We don't have a scance, so we don't have any news, technically. But having made fun of her, uh, she was diligent. She, she was very s- diligent. She sent us in the news, didn't she? She did send us More in the More than news. she had to do. Shall I give it a go? Going to do it all on your own? Yes, because we do three stories and then we do a little bit of uh, Googling, don't we? Okay. That's the framework. Right. All right, here we go. Well, she, well I have to say for a start, she's got the, she's got the time wrong. <laughs> It's 7.04, she says. It's not, it's 7.06. On Monday, the 7th of October, I'm Anne Scantlebury, and this is the news. The Writers Guild of America has decided not to include the games writing category in its 2020 awards. The Guild told US Gamer that the category would be reinstated when there was a critical mass of video games covered by the WGA in order to provide a meaningful award selection process. 
A number of games writers criticised the awards as being a way of increasing their membership in games writers, since only members could have their games considered. Mortal Kombat 11 writer Sean Clintonson said on Twitter, For all the good and vital work that the WGA does for writers in film and TV markets, they have zero it's in capital letters, presence in the games industry. Getting rid of this award at least does away with the charade that WGA advocates for game writers... Sorry, advocates for game writers in any capacity. That's pretty scathing, isn't it? Hmm. So I would have put any in capital letters as well. And actually, if I was going to be consistent in my style, I would have shouted out WGA because that's in capitals too. So apologies. <laughs> so isn't this uh, a little bit of chicken and egg? That um, It seems that he's complaining that the WGA don't have any... Um, activity within games writing but there aren't games writers who are members of the WGA so don't they currently not have a place to well, do d- that did, uh, presumably that they had them before did they well, well they guessing. had some but clearly not enough because this year they've been like well there no but enough. they would have had enough to include the, the awards previously yeah but not anymore what's going on so. Don't know. Membership fees lapsed or something. Well, there's zero presence in the games yeah, industry. So. It's, it's it's hard to know. I mean, I am a, a award sceptic. Uh, I don't really think most Are of you? them. Yeah. See, I'm also an award sceptic. That's also because I've lost the last two awards I was up for. Well, I was going to say, the, the way to stop being a sceptic is to start winning. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you, Steve. You, you do win quite a lot. Let me tell you so. that the most important awards the rest for the end of the year are the Tiger Awards. <laughs> right, okay, why because, is that? Well, let me tell you. Yeah. No Please publisher explain. has ever held the uh, the Retained. Grand Slam okay. no, of okay. the MCV Awards, <laughs> the Developer Awards, and the Tiger Publishing Awards. Okay. No publisher has ever held all three in the same calendar year. I I don't know if that's true, but (laughs) as Jason, as your dad pointed out, that's not our job to check. No, it's not. Um, So uh, we've been nominated for those, and we're very excited. Are you? Yeah, Yeah, we are. Yeah, actually. Uh, That's good. What purpose... Poor old George here. Uh, Yeah, I've... What, the, what awards have you not? Got? We've been nominated for the MCV and the Deve- Developer Awards as well. They're, they're rubbish awards, aren't and uh, we lost. We lost to Amazon one year, uh, okay. which oh yeah, one time that wasn't fun. But uh, and it's understandable, I guess, as Amazon, you don't expect to win against Amazon. What was the category? Best shop. Uh, it was. It was in essence. It was that. It okay. was. It was basically best retailer. Right. So you're basically a small video game website versus Amazon. Right. So I, I don't know. I felt like we deserved it, but so what, yeah. what but is? Hey, I mean, what is the purpose of something like that? Like, it's, it's not going to change my what, life if that's what you mean. Isn't? I think it's more like. Okay, Simon. Hi. You're an award winner. <laughs> Currently, award so, holding. Yeah, I've got two. You can. Need the final one. Uh, what's the? Well, I don't understand what the purpose is of awards. You can put it in your presentations. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Your Twitter bio. Twitter. Yeah, exactly. George's photo is from an awards do on your on your twi- Twitter profile, isn't it? Uh, it used Still, to be. Oh, you changed I think, it. I think I changed it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I think it's. I mean, I think I, I when I became a award skeptic was when there was an award. I can't remember what it was, but it's like best action adventure game, and Spider-Man. Dead Cells was Dead Cells was up for Spider-Man, it. I think it was like, but probably, but um, but the the awards that were, you know, when when they they read out the game, you know, everyone cheers. It's there that's representing it. Yeah. And Dead Cells, which is an amazing game, I think in the category deserved to win. I can't remember what what award did win. What game did win? Sorry, but, no one um, remembers. See, no one remembers. But no one cheered when Dead Cells was called out because right. no one from the Dead Cells team was there, and okay. hence why they didn't win because no one was there. Uh, and that's when I realised that that's the reason they didn't win. Which right. is at that point, it kind of killed the perception. What of was it. the second award that you didn't get then? Uh, the second award was um, best indie retailer. So okay. very similar. Right. 
Um, and who's got that? Uh, a small shop in um, uh, in Guernsey. <laughs> what? Which, uh, Where even is Guernsey? Exactly. A very, very small shop in Guernsey one. Who would have voted for that then? Uh, people in Guernsey. <laughs> How much are their games worth on eBay? Not very much. And they're just selling normal games, but normal. Games. That one, that one, I was genuinely annoyed. Right. Um, so that's why we don't like awards. It's super. So easy. have you stopped applying for them? No, we still apply for them. Okay. But that's because your attitude will change once you start winning. <laughs> my Instagram well, will look very good. Just sit on winners' table. It's true. What is this nonsense of applying for awards? You apply well, for an award and you pay to go. Why? Like, surely it is, if an award is meaningful at all, it should be the job of the people giving out the award to know what they're talking about rather than go, yeah. so someone can, hey guys, can you just tell us whether you're any good or not? And then we'll tell you whether we think you're any good. Yeah. It's absolutely right. In which nonsense. case, you would have thought it'd be a doddle for the, right, for the, get, for the writers <laughs> to nom- nominate themselves for the WGAs, wouldn't you? I, I genuinely, you know, I'm not sure why anyone is bothered about this at all like well that will okay. probably be the case if we don't win a tiger <laughs> <laughs> epic is facing a new legal challenge a law firm from canada is preparing a class action lawsuit claiming the developer knowingly created a very very addictive game in Fortnite. the legal notice is being filed on behalf of two parents who said if we knew it was so addictive it would ruin our child's life we would never have let them start playing Fortnite." Or we would have monitored it a lot more closely. (laughs) (laughs) Either or. Laughter mine. Um, An attorney working on the case for Calix Legal said Epic Games, when they created Fortnite, for years and years hired psychologists. Uh, They really dug into the human brain and they really made the effort to make it as addictive as possible. They knowingly put on the market a very, very addictive game, which was also geared towards youth. Epic is also facing a lawsuit over a data breach in January this year where millions of users' details were exposed. Those lawyers are going to be busy. Mm, I mean... Very, very addictive game. I mean, the opposite would be to expect developers and publishers to create games that no one wants to play. Yes. I guess, is that what you want? I mean, you're the expert. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know well, how you say Only in three thing. cases, Steve. <laughs> So it's complete, it's nonsense, right? Like, you you um, want to create a game that people want to play, and at some point uh, that apparently crosses a line where they want to play it too much. Uh, and I guess what the lawsuit there, the way that lawsuit tries to make itself more credible is by saying they knowingly did it in a very cynical way by getting people to look into what makes things addictive. Uh, you know, make these games really, really compelling, but... Um, I think if you're going to go after a game like that, there are probably people who put far more time into cynically determining that than Epic did for Fortnite. Right. I guess that point about saying that uh, if we knew it was so addictive that it would ruin our child's life, we would never let them start playing or we would have monitored it a lot more closely suggests that actually the parental responsibility wasn't there in the first place that sounds right do we know, know what the consequences were for these the the people involved is, is there a well i guess we tried to ask them but they're too busy playing Fortnite, <laughs> weren't they? Um, i've not played it for a while they, they they did the batman crossover recently didn't they has anybody did anybody play that i don't play Fortnite, do you not? but they did do a batman crossover i believe yeah they look good um uh we we asked ourselves a question maybe six months ago if Fortnite was still a thing like right. if, it, if it was on the wane or not have we seen any indicators because people don't talk about it as much um, which doesn't necessarily mean anything but I wonder whether it is going to be the sort of thing that kids age out of and there aren't 
as many kids. Dexter has said that, that, uh, that they've stopped playing it now. Mm. He said, I, I don't play Fortnite What anymore. does he play? I'm not going to say that on the radio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we've been worrying about PlayStation Now for a little while, and it seems so has Sony announced last week the PlayStation subscription service is getting an overhaul. The price will permanently drop from £13 to £9 a month or £85 to £50 a year. And for the next three months, they've got some big games up, including God of War, Uncharted 4, and Grand Theft Auto 5. After that, Sony promises there'll be the PS Now Evergreen catalogue and more marquee games up every month. And it will be so much better if only you'll come back and give it one more chance. No, no one else can give you game like PS Now. Just remember the good times, baby, please. <laughs> uh, I guess... Um, I guess they had to respond um, in uh, against the apparent success of Microsoft's Xbox and PC Game Pass. So I think we've established that it's been a long time since either of us turned on our PlayStations yep. because they're far away and we they're don't have, have to do it. And they're going to have loads of updating to do as well. Right. I'm really worried yeah, about it. It's going to be hours. There's, and there's no need. We, you know, we don't have to get up. So we don't get no. up. Uh, so can you refresh my memory? This is, is this talking about PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Now? PlayStation Now. So PlayStation Now was originally their PS... Streaming PS3 games on PS4. That's how okay. it started. Yep. Via the Gakai mm-hmm. technology that they bought for, you know, a few quid. Um, then they enabled you to play some PlayStation 4 games on your PlayStation 4, which you could download and you wouldn't need to stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, uh, but generally speaking, I don't think that the catalogue itself was particularly um, interesting. So this is their Netflix thing? Yes. And what's the subscription fee now? It's just gone down to £9 a month from £13 a month. Right, OK. Because what I read, uh, I found out about this by reading a report that said uh, uh, Shu, Shuhai Yoshida, yep. uh, that this has finally convinced him to sign up. He signed up, isn't he? That's what, it, it, that's what he, he tweeted. Nine, £9 he was like, he, he tweeted, um, little thinky bubble. OK. And then inside the thinky bubble, uh, which, if you're, if you're interested, is made up of a uh, period, a small circle and then what looks like a lowercase o and then a zero or maybe a bigger case o and then a bracket right right and inside that it says joined ps now as it has gotten cheaper thought of downloading ps4 games but started playing ico on eco uh, actually shoot yeah, exactly. uh, on streaming instead <laughs> convenience so <laughs> close brackets so um yeah people are surprised that shoe didn't get ps now for right. free yeah. You would... I mean, but it sounds that price was the determining factor then, so... Yeah, four quid cheaper and he's in. Apple, tell him about Apple Arcade. <laughs> That's only four ninety nine a month. Gets loads for that as yeah. well. Like, new games new, too. New, yeah, games you can't get anywhere else. This sounds like a promo. Well, it's true. I, it's I, true, I, I it's can't true. promote it because I've never played I'm just jealous me of neither. it. Me neither. Have me you got an iPhone, George? Uh, I do. I don't have Apple Arcade. Why not? It's only four ninety nine a month. It is. I think I just don't play games on my phone. I think just conceptually. You could start if you paid I could, but I think, I think it's, I know there's, if I get it, I'll download way too many games and play, you know, play way too many games on Imagine. my phone. That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Too addictive. Yeah. Working in video games, playing yeah. video games. How okay. terrible. Um, I think as well, I mean, I just get scared about the kind of devaluing games and stuff with the subscription services, which obviously is a genuine issue. But uh, not, not that I'm saying I don't support it because of that, but I think it's an interesting kind of... Uh, it is. I, I, I see it the other way. Do you? In interesting. That, um, 
uh, you know, certainly in TV, sorry, in uh, in film and TV. Yeah. Um, Amazon, Netflix, and presumably the new ones are investing so much in content yeah. that they're enabling stuff to get made that is, that would not stand a mm. chance or wouldn't have a home yeah. anywhere else. And my understanding is. With Apple Arcade, uh, it's a similar. Yeah, no, I think know, so. That, so this is the, the, the premium pu- publisher selling premium games on mobile is such a risk yeah. um, that you know these games and um, if you want to if you want to be successful on mobile, people are coming up with free to play, right? And that comes with all sorts yeah. of caveats about, about how much money you need to spend, etc., etc., etc. What they've done with Apple Arcade, not an endorsement because I've not played it from the outside. <laughs> yeah. um, is uh, all of this original stuff that that may or may not have appeared in some form or another, um, but uh, it's found a home. And I, you know, again, don't know the details, but I think it's been massively de-risked by. Yeah, um, see, that I think is is true. Uh, but I've heard from a couple of friends who I've been talking a couple of friends who work in TV uh, and selling TV shows to companies like Netflix. Now the story is that right now um, with Disney operating their new uh, subscription service, and I think there are a couple of others, aren't there, uh, in the US? Yeah. WB, maybe, or something. Uh, Obviously, there's Amazon, Netflix, and others. HBO. Um, People are saying, oh, it's a gold rush right now um, for these subscription services. Everyone wants content. There's been no better time to sell your content to people. But actually... What's happening, as I understand it, is a few years ago this was true and Netflix could afford to take risks on strangely esoteric things because they were basically the only game in town and they were trying to differentiate themselves. Now it's all about the numbers. And actually the things that Netflix are looking for, very, very, very specific genre pieces which will do the numbers. And if you go too far outside of that, they will not they will not entertain you anymore. And I believe that's actually the case, probably the case for all of these um, these silos of content. So while right now Apple's uh, deal is great for devs, right? They're funding things that, like you say, wouldn't normally get funded or at least would be very, very high risk at the back end for, for devs to you know mortgage the houses and chance that their game will sell enough on premium to come back with. Um, you are placing an enormous amount of power in, in their hands and... We've seen that once one of them wins, that the the bets they place get you know can be uh, controlled steadily in a way that is not always advantageous for the developer. I don't think it's necessarily better or worse, but I do think it's very very different, and I don't think that this uh, this current gold rush will necessarily lead to a positive place for game developers. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I think um, it strikes me. It, well, how much of a risk of it? How much of a risk is it if you're the world's second most va- most valuable company? But mm-hmm. you know, four ninety nine. So they and they need to get an awful lot of subscribers. You know, what we've not seen is um, how frequently it's going to update. So is it you know is it monthly? Um, will there you know what 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 Game Pass does is it? It's very public about what's coming in and what's and what's going out. Mm. Again, so will Apple Arcade be the same thing? And then then what happens to those games? Uh, once they're no longer in the service, you know, what else can they do? But um, I don't know. It, it, it strikes me, and, and I certainly don't know, that um, Netflix and Amazon and all the other, all the other video, TV and video subscri- subscription service, services have to provide thousands of hours of new content a month, mm. you know, by, either by buying up existing shows or commissioning their own um that actually in the games world 
you get thousands of hours of content from you know a hundred or so games mm-hmm. so um i don't yeah yeah true it's interesting uh, I spent more money on a mobile game this week than I've ever spent before. Did you? So, Did you <laughs> that's mean? how it's affected right, me okay. anecdotally. No, I'm very, I'm, you know, I committed. I was all in. Right. Uh, We're going to hear about so it later. We will talk about that later right. in the show. Good. Are we going to do a news roundup? Uh, very quickly. Just, let's just remind our listeners how that works. That, <laughs> <laughs> one of us goes to Gama Sutra and looks at the headlines and goes, oh, that happened. I can do that. Kickstarter controversially sends unionisation to a vote okay. after staff firings. Is that is that you reading something out? That is that is it's not. Yes. Or was that, is. that you? That, like, otherwise, that was you just sort of making up what could be a story. No, it's definitely a real story. Okay. Uh, so Kickstarter after the kerfuffle there. I can't there. read something because because apparently they use cookies. All right. So after the, taking up three two thirds of the screen. Kickstarter has told staff it will recognise a union if employees vote for one in an election certified by the National Labour Relations Board. So uh, they've fired a few people that uh, were involved in setting up a union. Um, well, they, they said it was nothing to do. They with said that. it was nothing to do with that. The people said. It was to do with that, so there's some disagreement. And now they've said the whole... And then they came up with a statement saying, we don't want a union. Now they're saying they're having a vote. Uh, so this is controversial. PS4 remote players now supported on Android 5.0 phones and tablets. Oh, my Android updated this morning. OK, well, maybe you can use uh, PS4 remote play, but I guess that involves using the PS4. That rules that out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll struggle with that. Um, what else? Anything else you see? No, that's that. That's it for news. Call of Duty Mobile. Oh yeah, surpasses thirty-five million downloads in three days. Okay, one of those is me. Is it? Have you played it? No. (laughs) Video games. All right. Thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantlebury. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Adventurous Bubbleship. It is on chipmusic.org, and I would love to tell you who the artist is, but the name is in Japanese. 
I was just trying to um, end in joke, though. I think it's an amazing song. It's like absolutely fantastic. Uh, they have a SoundCloud. You can follow a link on shipmusic.org to the SoundCloud and listen to more music like this. Maybe one of you can write in. Tell me the phonetic pronunciation of their name. I was just trying to send uh, George text, so I've uh, called up George's. Mm-hmm. I've got some, and in, in my phone book, I've got someone called George Car Crash Dad. Can <laughs> 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 I text him? Yeah. <laughs> Tell you who else is a, a young and handsome George. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, George Backer. He is, isn't he? He is. He used to come on the show all the time. Well, he should come on, actually, because he he's just, just got an Apple game. Arcade game, yeah. hasn't he? Hmm. Hmm. Bradwell Conspiracy. Have you played it? I have completed it. Have you? Yeah. How had long a, was it? How long was it? Yeah. Uh, seven, eight hours. What did you play on? I, well, I had, I had an early, early review code. On um, what? On PC. Okay. So I played it a few months ago. Enjoyed it. Just checking you didn't play it on Apple Arcade. I didn't. Because no, that that then your story wouldn't have stood up. Yeah, sorry, it wouldn't mm. have stood up. Um, mm. I, think, I think with Apple Arcade, I think for me, it's, and the reason not for playing on phone is... I'm a very physical guy. Uh, you can tell. Right. You can tell. But uh, but yeah, I just I like to have my games on my shelf. So I think conceptually, yeah, that's probably. I see, that's yeah. a very good link, isn't it? It is it's a good link, isn't clever. it? Right. How's it going at Super Rare, George? Life is good, Simon. <laughs> Life is good. Um, should, we, should we call up eBay now? Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, I think. Right, so first of all, you should reintroduce. Uh, yeah, Super Rare. so I guess Super Rare Games is a is a physical publisher based in the UK. So we basically specialise in releasing Nintendo Switch games as physical versions, and these kind of games typically come out digitally, but they don't get a physical release. So we kind of work with these developers to uh, make very kind of uh, bespoke, interesting uh, physical versions to their games. Basically, how many games do you publish now? Uh, when when uh, it'll be twenty two. Okay. Games on Thursday when the next one's announced. Have you? Any, get, I think you announced it. We announced the other day a game called Evo Land, That's which right. is very interesting. Yeah. It kind of evolves as you play. Um, so a lot of games. A lot of games. A lot of games. Uh, Joe. Well, the um, the one that springs out to me is Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Yes, two hundred and fifty quid. Buy it now. Is yeah, two hundred and fifty quid. How many of those have you got? Uh, <laughs> I've got a few. At home. Have you? It's just in case they're worth two hundred and fifty quid. I know. It's uh, <laughs> well, they're buy it now prices, aren't they? I mean, if you look at the bids here, so uh, ninety-two pounds one is what uh, someone's yeah. bid here with free, free click and collect. So, so what I do very regularly is I actually monitor these, these second-hand prices. There's a do website you? called GameValue.com. I think it's okay. called that. So I actually look at over time how our games get more valuable. Human Fall Flat, seven pound fifty. That's insulting. Human Fall Flat <laughs> is actually off, currently is it, about hundred pounds. Well, you can pick one up here for seven pound fifty. You've got five days to go. Is that okay? That'll go. That'll go up in value. Don't worry. So Human Fall Flat was the first one. The first game we worked together on. We that, did work together. We? It was a very, very good experience. Very um, successful. Very successful. <laughs> but it's uh, no. The the average price of Human Fall Flat is currently about hundred pounds. Is it? Yeah. Wow. So in, in our first kind of fifteen games, generally around about hundred pounds is like the average. Price. Do they need um, to be sealed? Super, super rare games. Need to be sealed, yeah. <laughs> Keep them sealed. Though. Super rare games sealed one to five. Human flood shelter lovers muds. Okay. Bundle of them. Three hundred fifty quid. Sold. Yeah. Sold. Sold. Sold for three hundred fifty. That's quid. cheap. That's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> lovers, um, lovers in a dangerous space time. Nintendo Switch. Super rare games. Number four. Sealed. Two hundred ninety five quid. Sold. Yeah. Wow. That's, Obviously, uh, uh, we are we are joking about this. That's not why you do these games. No. But, but what do you think it is then about this? The enthusiasm mm. for these, and yeah. particularly the I, th- I think eBay it's, market. I think what's interesting is uh, I, th- I think the reason why we 
do things in very limited print. Um, and th- this is effectively what we do is we release 5,000 copies of a game uh, on average uh, every month. And the, the kind of reason we do that is to actually be able to justify selling an indie game for a higher price point. And the kind of, I guess the reason why these games aren't getting mass market retail releases and the reason why this kind of market's dying is basically because uh, the cost of goods is so high with Nintendo. It costs 10 to 15 pounds to even release a game, wow. to print a game. So what happens is these games can't get physical releases. So the way we kind of justify that is if we kind of make it very exclusive, make it very kind of bespoke and, and niche, then we can actually justify uh, selling it for a higher price point because uh, consumers have that kind of higher value to their games. So I think people uh, value them very highly because we, you know, it's very much we release a game and it's done. And again, you know, the reason we have to do that is we're a very small outfit and we can't, you know, be managing 21 releases at one time. So it's very kind of um, that's kind of you know, the reason we do it. But, how do you uh, how do you uh, how do you pick which games? It's an interesting question. For me, it ends up being quite. Narcissistic isn't the right word. Um, It's basically games that I enjoy. I choose games that I want to have on my shelf. And luckily, it seems that my taste in kind of games has been very kind of matched by this kind of indie Switch lovers. Uh, But generally, for me, it's if I enjoy a game and I think it deserves to be a physical release, then we kind of we shoot from there, basically. Um, But yeah, it's kind of I like working on games that are made by very small teams. They're my favorite sort of games because it actually makes a massive impact for them. You know, the financial absolutely, and and the. The, the honour of having a... Yeah, a, a exactly. Um, you know, we worked to, uh, on a release called Wolverblade recently and the developer said, you know, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to him. And that's such a nice thing to have. And he was also saying it's going to pay for his uh, his garden, uh, right. his new garden. So that's also a nice feeling. Wow. But um, but yeah, I think that's for picking games. It's fun indie games that, you know, deserve having this kind of extra burst of life, really. So currently, do, do all of your games sell out? Yes. Currently? So uh, we've had... You should, a, you should print more. Print more. <laughs> I think this is kind of what we did do. We, we, we basically, we, we found that there are kind of these things known in uh, kind of the, the collecting space known as scalpers, who are basically people that buy it to, to, to resell um, with that kind of sole in, in, intent. Um, so to kind of combat that we want to make sure games sell out in a month but we don't want to sell out in, in minutes so that was a good story uh, I was at Reboot uh, and Develop um, in Croatia which is a, a games um, uh, event uh, networking event and I was playing a game of football and before the football game started I uh, was putting the game on sale it was 6 o'clock put the game on sale and when the game finished uh, the game had already sold out um, so effectively you know the game lasted uh, as long as, as long the football, football match did. Right, wow. So it was very quick. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you realise that people miss out and you don't really want to be that. You don't want to be very up for kind of games being resold. So we kind of uh, have extended it, printed some more copies. So it'll still sell out in a month, but a little bit, a little bit uh, okay. longer. You're the Ed Sheeran of video game retail. <laughs> In many ways, anti-scalpers. Like, anti-scalpers. Also, can like you need your own resale site, right? Like, yeah, yeah. People who don't, don't want to play the game anymore, the don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you also, um, with each game, you get trading cards, trading cards, stickers. Yeah. Some of which are some of which are signed. Yeah, this happens occasionally. We do, we don't do it with all our releases just because it ends up being a logistical nightmare if oh, it's okay. like a developer in Canada and stuff. Right. Uh, we do do this occasionally, and we do like to add things to make the release more special. Um, yeah, there's not. You haven't signed a trading card yet, have you? I did no. I, I did you. Me, Jason, and Thomas signed the. Did you? Yeah, you signed the ones. Yeah. Well, the thing is, occasionally these do pop up on eBay, and they do pop up in the community where it was, it's funny. There's been a few times where people have actually emailed us saying, "I've got my card. I've opened my packs, and uh, it's the scribbles on it, and I, I want to get a new one." Oh, right. Exactly. Uh, we kind of have to say, "Oh no, you got. You know, you're Your very jackpot. lucky. You got a signed card." Yeah. 
and they're like, no, could I have a you know replacement, please? Right. Wow. And are, are, um, are people trading trading the cards as well? Yeah, they're trading. There's a big kind of trading card community of people that trades them. We've got a Discord server, and there's a big uh, kind of channel on that where everyone trades cards and stuff. And it's really nice to see people like send each other cards and mm. things, and which is the idea of it. You know, I grew up playing Yu-Gi-Oh, so it was right. kind of trying to rec- recreate that feeling. I saw some people on social media getting crossed that you were selling six thousand of one game. They said it's said that's not super rare anymore. Yeah. So uh, it was. I think that comment. I think it was about five thousand. So it was even. Yeah. It was. I think they're basically their point was there are people out there that want the games to sell out so quickly mm. that it becomes super rare and it becomes three hundred pounds online. Uh, which I guess is, can be cool, but I think for us, we don't want to kind of price people out of collecting our games. Mm. So hence why we print a bit more, which is still, I mean, 5,000 copies is still very rare. And the kind yeah. of way I see rarity is, rarity is really just the relationship between supply and demand. That's all it is. So if you printed a million copies of Zelda, that would be super rare because there's, you know, uh, you know the next Breath of the Wild. If you print a million right. copies, mm. that's super rare. So... Again, I think we get a question quite a lot in terms of how do you grow if you're only printing a certain amount of copies. But that's kind of a natural way you grow, which right. is the demand gets bigger, the supply gets slightly bigger with it. So that's kind of how I see that working. How, how, how long are you booked up for now? A long time. You, <laughs> it must get tricky, doesn't it? I mean, a long you, time. you must come across games like you, you sort of book them in yeah, and I you think, come across ones you want to do more. Yeah, it, it's kind of, I, what's been good is that we've had loads of interest in working with us because we are helping kind of indie developers get there. But it does mean we're kind of booked out for pretty much the next year. Wow. Um, we kind of try and remain slightly kind of uh, flexible and make sure we've got a few slots open just in case a really big game comes along. But generally... Yeah, we're looking at years of content. Okay. Um, and we're allowed to talk slightly about your some of the other work you've been doing. In yeah, the industry, yeah. Aren't we? Sure. So you work with Warp Digital, one of our favourite porting houses. Favourite porting house. So yeah, I work with quite closely with a porting studio. So yeah. effectively, if, if people don't understand what that is, it's effectively a company that uh, work with a developer or a publisher who release games on PC and they try and help them get it onto every console and you know Apple Arcade and all these other different things we kind of spoke about as well Um, one of the ones I think it's fair to say you were instrumental in bringing to Switch is Oberdin Switch Xbox and PS4 I'm not interested in that you're not interested in (laughs) those yeah the return of Oberdin okay so So how did that how did that come about so I think what's what's nice of working with the porting studios whenever I like an indie game and it's not getting a Switch release I can basically do a little introduction to warp i can kind of can help the game get onto switch to then help make a physical release so this process basically happened where uh You're the puppet master really the puppet master i'm just collecting I'm, I'm just yeah um so I, I reached out to lucas uh lucas pope the developer and basically said to him you know the game's not on consoles i'd love to work with you to get it onto consoles and then hopefully release a physical version um I don't think we'll do the, really, the physical version. I was going to say, is that an exclusive? No, unfortunately not. Okay. Um, right. I hope it will get a physical version, but I don't think it will be through us, right, unfortunately. Okay. But anyway, I kind of reached out to him and said, you know, this is a great porting studio. This is how we work. And, and luckily he liked it. He liked Warp. He likes kind of... He must have been inundated, I would have thought, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think such so. A, I mean, I've, a... I've, I've deliberately not played it, so I'm excited about it coming to Switch. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did the same. I, console format, I purposely... But you know, waited until the Switch version. I mean, I do this with every game. I think I wait until it comes to Switch and then I play it. Right. Um, but yeah, he, he was very responsive to it. He liked the work that Warp had done. Okay. They've released quite a few high-profile games. Um, and what would he like to work with? Uh, yeah, he's a super nice guy. I think he... Um, he has very kind of high expectations of his games because obviously, you know, he's a very kind of sought after, yeah. very high profile developer. But, you know, I think uh, the team did a great, great job on the port. He's very lovely to work with. Right. Uh, have, you, have you have you met him? I have. 
Yeah, I've got a bit of a man crush on him. Well, I think I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I loved Papers, Please. Yeah. And I understand that Oberdin is something special as well. Yeah, definitely. He's a, he's a very good looking man as well. So, uh, yeah. Better looking than you. Uh, I think so. Wow. Very good so. He's got a very nice beard. Really? Yeah. Um, it's out soon on Switch, isn't it? I think it's October, and we're in October. So, yeah, I think it's the end of the month. Right. Which is exciting. What's, and what's he doing next? Uh, he won't tell me, but I'm hoping it's something exciting. Despite the crush. I know, yeah. What's the point of that? I know. Right. Wow. Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's all good. I'm looking forward to it. Have you, have you played o- Oberdin? I played the first part of it. I thought, this is amazing. I need to find some time to actually sit down and play it properly rather than play it distracted by right. TV or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I think the Switch is a really good format for that because <laughs> it's up close to you. The screen is there. Like This is what you are doing. Um, and you can play it on train rides and stuff. So I am looking forward to that too. Good. Look forward more to the physical copy, exactly. especially if you had it in your bag. <laughs> That would be convenient. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> what are we going to do now, Simon? Should we play some music or should we have the letters? Uh, well, uh, I'm what do you re- want to do? I'm ready to go with the letters, but um, I wonder if it, if it might be prudent just to break up the chat a little bit. A little bit. All right. Some... Let's have a bit of... We don't usually do this. Breaking the format. Okay. But it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. It's our radio show. Okay, mm-hmm. this is Feral and the Bike Ride Home. <laughs> Left and Residence 104.4 FM. Uh, any other business? Oh, we did a karaoke gig in Leamington. Talked okay. about that earlier yep. uh, for special effects. It was really, really good. Thank you to everyone who showed up. We like, raised, I think, raised over a grand and a half for special effects, something like that. Wow. Uh, so thanks so much to Sega Hardlight for for organising that as well. We should mention us. talking of uh, charities mm-hmm. or fundraising. Coming up on Monday, the 21st of October 2019, is the next Resofit stand-up comedy night, this time starring and emceed by Daniel Kitson, featuring Jen Brister, Arnold Brown, Martha, uh, Matthew Higton, Quan Wen Huang, Elf Lyons, Lyons, and Louis Schaefer. Tickets are on sale now. They always do it on a Monday when we can't go, don't they? Is that right? Do you think that's deliberate? Oh. I'd love to go. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it's raising nice. money for Resonance FM, the best radio station in the world. Maybe Scans will pull a sickie that night as yeah, well. Yeah, she's done it. You so, are right. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's done it the wrong way around. 
Very clever. Also, uh, Mario Key on the 18th of October. It's our relaunch party. Uh, so please come along. We're going to have a DJ until 3am. Really? Who's the DJ? Not Gillen. He's no. busy. He's going on holiday. So Is we'll he? probably have a DJ Pombear or someone okay. back. Good. Um, that'll be excellent. So please come along if you can. To that, details on the Mario Key Twitter. Right. Shall we get on with letters? Crack on. Okay, here we go. Letters. Chris Conroy writes, dear T, yesterday he wrote this, by the way, which is oh, good. It's really good. It's, it's nice to be ahead of the pack. Yep. Dear team and SSG, I see that renowned Hellraiser and notorious attention seeker Martin Scorsese is in the news, causing waves with his opinions about the industry he's devoted an entire lifetime to. In the time it's taken him to release two films, that Marvel lot have done nine. What an amateur. Just who does he think he is? What does this have to do with games? Bear with me. This letter was half written before Marty stole my thunder. Such an attention seeker. Having recently completed 145 episodes of the Goodfellas Minute podcast, the only podcast that details the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas one minute per episode, including the title, I was reflecting on two things. One, just how much time I spend commuting, and two... How each individual minute of a movie can be so dense as to support this level of analysis. In such a film, the imagery, tone, acting, sets, background characters, music, real-life inspiration and the on-set stories are all there waiting to be picked apart and analysed. But are there any games that would bear this type of scrutiny? If a AAA budget was focused on building depth and detail into a two-hour focused experience rather than length and breadth, what would the results be? Your cinematically confused correspondent, Chris Conroy. What a very good question. So I think that uh, though it's <laughs> though it's a game and a developer that divides opinion, I would imagine there is an awful lot to say about The Witness. Uh, and I think it's a game that, certainly with the help of Mr Blow himself, you could break down and discuss every single location uh, on that island in detail and why it was like that and I think it'd be quite interesting uh, although I think it would definitely rub some people up the wrong way yeah it's um, it's not straightforward doing it about games where people are playing you know you can't divide them minute by minute because people are playing stuff at different paces mm. how would you do it then well I you know I I, I, Depends on I got bored of the witness very quickly obviously um, but I imagine if it's if it's broken down into areas as you describe that that would be the way to do it yeah i mean in, i guess the witness you could do it board by board or something you were very bored uh like uh, grid references carve the island up into squares or something like that and other um other games you could do the same with zelda or breath of the wild map or something like that uh but i do find you know i guess geometry tends to repeat it doesn't seem to in the witness as much and i Certainly when I was exploring the island, I found myself looking a lot at the scenery thinking, why has he placed that rock there? Or why has someone placed that rock there? Why is that there? And the answer may be absolutely no reason. There needed to be some rocks. We sprayed them on with some tool, but it did not feel that way. It felt very, very, very created. Um, I'm sure there are other games like that. Any thoughts, George? I guess like narrative-driven games, like sort of the Firewatches or the Deerestas... Those sort of games, I guess. I mean, also, I mean, I know you had Jack Attridge who did Erica. Did so well, when you had those sort of. Played that yet? Because you have I mean, to turn no. your PlayStations on. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I think there probably are examples of like narrative driven games that are do have that level of thought to it. Um, but I think that what's difficult, I think people are so obsessed with like game time and how long you spend with games and getting the value out of games. That I mean, again, I reckon Zelda Breath of the Wild, like every single thing I reckon was sculpted kind of maybe the answer is is not a game like that but a game that is procedurally generated so if you looked at something like Spelunky you might do a hundred runs of Spelunky and break down each of those runs and explain what was different about each one um, because that certainly plays into more of the thing that's unique about video games which is the interactive element um, and you know there's a, certainly you know people have written books about Spelunky I'm certain you could you could generate maybe not 145 episodes God, that's a lot of episodes we've done more than that it's a lot of episodes <laughs> <laughs> do you want to read that next one or do you uh, want sorry to yes it? I do have it in front of me okay. here we go it's from Robert Wells hello team hello SSG yes there is one the boss at my boring day job, TM, wears glasses and I've spent a good half hour working out how to steal them. I think I've been playing too much Untitled Goose Game. Being an annoying goose is not anything I'd ever expected to have as a Tetris effect. What's the most embarrassing game to get real-world flashbacks to? Obviously, shooty games are most likely to get you in trouble with the law. Untitled Goose Game might just lead you to lead to a village chasing you out of town. Pip-Pip, Robert. We've talked about this before, haven't we? Um, We've talked about games that we have had flashbacks to. What would be the most embarrassing? I'm not sure about what would be the most embarrassing. I've not played um, Untitled Goose Game as much as I should have done. I I bought it, obviously. Dexter played it briefly, didn't like it. Mm, Really? Yeah, Uh, which I was surprised by, actually. And then he went and played it again and still didn't like it, so I think that's... That's uh, That's, that's two Dexters. Two Dexters, you're out. Um, But it seems to have captured the imagination of a lot of people. Mm. They'll keep honking on Twitter and stuff like that, which I which I imagine is funny if you've played it. I think if you had um, flash flashbacks, what does he? How does he describe them as flash? Real, uh, world real, real flashbacks. I think if you had real world flashbacks to the KFC dating simulator <laughs> when you were in KFC, that might be problematic, or any dating simulator really. Yeah, maybe hatful boyfriend could be could be difficult uh, to explain what you were doing. Good. I've got nothing else to add, George. Anything to add? What's no, to add to that no, one. No, I mean, it's a good question. It's a tricky answer. I think maybe we'll be opening ourselves up too much as well. <laughs> uh, did we get... Oh, I've, gone back. I've gone back too far. Um, that's it for letters. That is for letters. Two letters. One written yesterday, one written today. Thank you very much for those. Do keep them We coming. did have a tweet, didn't we? We did have a tweet. We should talk about this. <laughs> You're should. absolutely right. Um, because uh, a couple of things happened with that tweet, which... Uh, it's nice at first. It's nice to get a tweet. It is nice to get a tweet. Always nice to get a tweet. If you tweet at us, done nothing wrong. And so please don't take this as, you know, victimisation. Continue to tweet at us. Dave Whitelaw, Whitlaw, is following you. Confessed uh, Scottish geek... Running MTG, comics, movies, video games, baking, politics, and UFC. Sounds quite tough, so maybe I'm going to rein in, actually, my (laughs) criticism. Uh, We received a tweet um, on the 4th of October. Talked to you on the 7th of October. It says, at one life left. Please tell Byronic Man he definitely didn't play Link's Awakening on the Super Nintendo. These are not the standards I've come to expect from the best gaming podcasts on Resonance FM. Thanks in advance. Few things about that, Well, George. thanks first. Thanks for your correspondence, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, cheers. Secondly, uh, we're the only 
uh, gaming podcast on Resonance FM. So, yeah. um, you know, to describe us as the best... Is accurate. Is accurate. <laughs> Thank you for that as well. Um, however, as we established last week, you'll remember, George, um, it wasn't me that said that. So I mm. responded saying, Hi, Dave. I think you're confusing someone who wouldn't make that mistake, brackets me, with someone who did. Brackets that steers here. Mm. Tag, Steve, tagged me in. I did tag you in just so you could join the conversation. We could get the engagement levels up. Steve responds, hi, it wasn't a mistake. Played it on the Super Game bit, as oh. Simon correctly prompted me into making up on this week's show. And he then clarifies, <laughs> and by that I mean a Super Game Boy, I think. I think that was a little predictive text. Could error. have been worse. Um, Dave then says, ah, I've been a fool not once but twice. A... Getting Cy and Stee mixed up. I mean, that's bold. I, I, I don't really like being called Cy. Really I, don't, do you? I don't really like... Some people can get away with it. Uh, I, and I'm not sure what the rules are, really. But out of nowhere, um, for someone who's just accused me of not knowing my Link's Awakening from Link to the Past... I felt, I don't know, I felt a bit too familiar. Anyway, as we've established, all correspondence, good correspondence. Did, yeah, thanks for your correspondence. And, and none of us got anything wrong. We didn't get anything wrong. Anything wrong, because anyway, I played then, on the so Super Game bit. Dave uh, correctly ends it by saying a thousand apologies. Well, I fully expect... How many of those do you accept? Verbal assassination on the next show, which we're not going to do. No, we're not. Cool, we wouldn't, we wouldn't stoop to We're going to thank you. Thank you for your correspondence, Dave. If you uh, want to join in the fun, you can at us on Twitter on at One Life Left or email us team at onelifeleft.com. What have you been playing? George. George. So, interestingly, I've been playing a lot of Link's Awakening, but I'm not going to review that because on, on what? I on think the it's. On the, yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't want to cause any controversy. Um, I've been playing a lot of a game of a bit of an unknown game called Freedom Finger. What? So you, it's, it's a, a shoot 'em up, and you play as a middle finger. Sounds you, obscene. But the whole obscene. the whole unique selling the whole unique mechanic is you can basically grab enemies, and each enemy has a different gun. So you kind of rather than getting like, power ups, you grab enemies. It's like a yeah, like a. Um, I hope you're not going to be publishing this filth, are you? Uh, we'll see, we'll see. But um, I guess what's cool about it is it's got some really good voice acting and some very sort of South Park esque humour. So very South Parky. In terms of humour, and it's got um, uh, the Uncharted dude. Um, Nolan North. Nolan North is the main voice. What format is this on? It's on Switch. Is it? Yeah, Switch. I think it's only Freedom on Switch. Freedom Finger. Freedom Finger. It's, it's had literally no press coverage. When did it come out? Uh, a couple of Thursdays ago. Yeah. A couple it's weeks on, ago. It's on Steam. It's on Steam. It's had very. It hasn't had much coverage at all, but I, I definitely well, recommend it's it. It's now. Got, They're going to see those sales spike. Yeah, Freedom Finger. It's, it's definitely got worth 12 looking. reviews. Wow. Exactly. That's how. That's more than people have fingers, though. Yeah. But you literally play this massive middle finger and it's very funny, very kind of uh, good humour and then very innovative in kind of its, its backgrounds and the way it does things. It's a really aesthetic game. The soundtrack sounds amazing. It is. It's like lots of indie sort of uh, rock kind of uh, artists. It's really good. It's one of these things where it should be get a lot more coverage, but right. it's got literally no coverage. Well, like I say, you're writing that wrong right now. Exactly. Well, this is the, you know, that's why I'm here. It's I... to promote Freedom Finger. What score are you going to give it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a good seven out of ten. I am gonna play this for next week okay. and verify. Yeah, corroborate. That's good. Corroborate. No, dude, let me know how you find it because it's um. I'm in. Yeah, great, Steve. 
I have continued to play and indeed now purchased Alpha Bear 2 okay. on mobile. Um, so Alpha Bear 2... Um, is it on Android? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Uh, is a spelling game with incredibly cute bears and, as I've mentioned on the show before, very, very, very free to play. It squeezes you all the time in the sweetest way to watch adverts and to give it money for premium currency. And I watched loads of adverts because I don't mind it's developed by Spry Fox and they are wonderful wonderful developer made Road Not Take one of my favourite video games I'm showing Steam my phone now I've searched for Alphabet 2 on the Android store one word in it is it oh okay um, that's terrible, isn't it? As a search company, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is quite bad. So um, I, uh, but this week, that's not coming up for you. No, it is on. It's definitely. Maybe I'm not allowed to play it on my Chinese phone. Could be. Because it would be looking at the words that I'm writing yeah, and sending yeah. them to the Chinese government. Interesting. Um, anyway, this week I finally tired of the adverts, or at least decided uh, it was time to give them actual money um, rather than ad revenue. And I bought it for eight quid. If I click on Spy Fox as the developer, it doesn't show me Alpha Bear 2. Why? So why? Okay, interesting. Crazy. Why? Weird. Um, yeah, so I spent, I spent eight quid on it, Simon. Why have I been blocked by eight, Spy Fox? Eight, eight quid, that's a lot of money quid. for a mobile game. Yeah, uh, I mean, even that was quite squeezy. It was like, you could buy this one for £3.50, or you could buy, you know, get ad for three for £3.50, yeah. or you could buy this, which improves the timers, makes them go. Eight quid seemed to be the right price for the, like, proper could, premium could you version paid, of the game. Could you more? Uh, yes, there's a subscription version where it's just, it's almost like, oh, just do, just, if you really want to give us loads of money every month, here, buy this, we'll give you some extra stuff every month. Uh, there are also, they do tournaments where you can buy, like, packs of cash and coins and that kind of thing. I said, it's very, very free to play. But this seemed to be the pack that will get me to the end of the story mode and allow me to basically play it as much as I want every day. And I do want to play it quite a lot. It really, really is my sort of thing. Spelling words and seeing cute bears read those words out in a faintly obscene manner. 7 out of 10. Wow. You are, you're shocked, aren't you? I'm just shocked that, I, that I'm unable to see it. What is your phone? Remind us what your phone is. Huawei uh, P30 um, Pro, is it? Yeah, and mine, mine is a Google Pixel it's 3a. It's Alphabet Words Across Time, is it? That's the original. That's the original. All right, Alphabet 2. I mean, I can download an APK right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, but, yeah. yeah, okay. What have you been playing, Simon? Uh, I've been playing, uh, not Alphabet 2, I've been playing Sniper Elite 3 Ultimate Edition. Sounds like you. Does I mean, it does, doesn't it? And actually, I'm surprised by this because um, uh, I picked up Sniper Elite 2 on the Switch uh, earlier in the year. Finished it. Okay. Did, I really enjoyed the... Uh, why, why did you finish it? Thinking Man Shooter, innit? So, you know, softly, softly... Um, yeah, the original game was actually uh, you only saved at checkpoints, you couldn't save anywhere, and so it was really, really tense. Didn't know when firefight was going to come off. Uh, when you could, because um, once they spot you, Steve, and if they come at you, then you know, often it's game over pretty soon. Uh, it got to the end. Didn't do the DLC though uh, of the end of Sniper Elite Two, where you assassinate the Führer. I can't find Alphabet Two when I search. Well, for it I now. don't think you've got it then, have you? What are you on? playing? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was very excited about the sequel, of which I'd heard that it was more open world. You could save wherever you like. Um, it's slightly more difficult, but uh, I'm enjoying it very much. 
So uh, this is set in Africa. Levels appear to be much more open. Uh, multiple objectives, which you've not had before. Uh, yeah, plays really nicely on the Switch. Uh, 7 out of 10. Interesting. Good. Yeah. I was about to ask you what I just said. So did, did you find it? I found How it, did you buy it then? I found it, well, I bought it from the play store like so i found it now there's a link if you if you google there's a link on spry fox's site so i'd be interested to see if that works for you if you go to um yeah, if you google spry fox where can games. i get alphabet 2 yeah. i think alphabet that's the radio two. show though um thanks for coming on george no worries it's my no, pleasure it's as always is this your that although the logo says alphabet this is the heck puzzling. is going on um Maybe it's called words again. It is cross. It's called words cross time. Okay, great, fantastic. Glad we solved that mystery. Problem solved just in time as well. What yeah. a perfect end to the show. <laughs> it's been a perfect show. George, thanks for coming on. No worries. Thank you. Always pleasure to-, to have you on. Keep Second up the good time. work, won't you? Thank you. I will do. I will do. Where can we follow you and and the stuff yes. that you're doing? Uh, Super Rare Games at Super Rare Games. You you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Okay. Uh, sure. Or our website, which is Super Games. It's your second com. time on the show, isn't it? Second time. Uh, will you Hope come back to. for a third time? Hopefully. The Bithel number. The Bithel number is Bithel that number. <laughs> all right. Uh, we've been one life left. We're going to see you all very, very soon. Uh, but until then, bye. 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 bye.